realize that eBay customers are not Amazon customers. eBay customers look for the cheapest, but Amazon looks for convenient. You need to get in a mentality that Amazon's gonna put hoops and jumps in, in front of you and you just keep moving and you find your, your next thing. If, if you give up at every like hoop they put in front of you, it won't work. Hi, and welcome to Your Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Kirk, AKA Your Selling Guide. I'm a small town girl who took a big risk and quit a steady corporate desk job to travel the US in an RV. Along the way, I started selling on Amazon, grew a seven-figure business, visited all the lower 48 states, bought a farm, and today I am still doing what I love to do, selling on Amazon while helping other sellers do it too. Each week, I will share Amazon tips and tricks and bring in guests to share their stories, expertise, and tips on the platforms that they use. Think of this as a sit down with your Amazon bestie where you can learn, ask, start, and grow your online selling business. Welcome to Your Selling Pod. Hey crew, and welcome back. On today's episode, I'm super excited because we have Amazon seller Kifa Sara here to tell us how she started selling on Amazon and how she has grown her business to work for her. But before I say too much, let's jump into the podcast. Welcome Kifa to the podcast. Hi Nikki. Thank you so much for coming on. Now you're a member of the RA100, so we get to chat every month in there on the live hangouts. But I'm really excited to learn more about you and your background and how did you get started selling on Amazon? I'm really excited too. My name is Kifa and I am a, a university graduate. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in uh, nutrition and dietetics. I first moved here in 2014 and um, since my certificate was from overseas, I found it hard to actually, it needed a lot of requirements in the state of Georgia to be uh, equivalent to a certificate here so I can work on it. And it required extra 1600 hours of internship and that I have to pay out of my pocket. So I decided not to pursue that because it was a lot of work financially and physically. So um, I started my own hustle on the side. I I used to teach kids. I actually stopped like a couple months ago. Um, I helped them in languages, in math. So it's kind of like a uh, additional private t- tutoring. Then I started in twenty. I it was twenty nineteen when I got like my first corporate corporate job if you can call it that it was um, in retail so I love makeup so I took a job in um, the beauty counter of a retail store and within two months I became like uh, the manager for the counter but then COVID hit Um, so around March 2020 we were out of work Uh, they let us go and um, at the time I was like trying to find other sources because I didn't really like the hours and the long standing like you have to to stay on your feet for like at least eight hours shift so I was already looking and I was already seeing um, YouTube videos about um, Amazon, Amazon FBA um, but most of these videos were actually private label videos because that was the, you know, the big thing um, and it, what everybody's talking about. 
and that's when I stumble on one of your videos and it says retail arbitrage. I was like, huh, I never heard of that before. Like, what's that? So I start digging through the videos and like the more I watch, the more I learn. And I didn't know before that, that you can actually buy from other stores and sell on on Amazon. I thought that was only an eBay thing because I've sold on eBay before. I think I started selling on eBay in 2015, but it wasn't like I wasn't committed to it. Like it was on the side, you know. Um, so that's how I actually stumbled like, across like retail arbitrage. And I it was really interesting and intriguing. So you started it during that that year of 2020 is when you like opened your store and all that. Yeah, the first, the first, when I like, by the time I, I take things slow, I really do. So I actually opened my account early in October that year. And my first, my first sale was like October, I think October 30th or something like that. By the time I set up the store and everything. Um, and I'm kind of skeptical, like when it comes, you know, like you, you came across a lot of videos where, um, the creators trying to sell you something and and like you don't know you feel like it's it's a business for them you know and um so i was skeptical about like you know buying the guides like i was skeptical about buying any other courses on on youtube because they're a lot and they're overwhelming um so i think the first time i uh i but I bought the guides. It was when um in November because I thought like you know what it's gonna engage automatically. I didn't know how Amazon works before like so if it's gonna take if a month or so to engage that's fine. I can do it by myself. But then it's taking like I'm I'm scanning and scanning them, gate gated on everything. Uh, so basically I was selling books and random stuff that I found here and there. Um, but then. I was like, you know what? In November, you had Black Friday sale on the on the guides. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take the chance and I'm gonna buy them. And I'm so glad I did because it's opened up. Like, let me tell you, I didn't start my business with LLC. It was like me with an eBay mindset, which is totally wrong. You know, when you get to know Amazon, you know, like you have to get rid of that mindset. It does not work on Amazon. So. I bought the um, the guides and I did not have an EN. I did not have uh, like an LLC that formed, you know, I only was engaged in the grocery beauty section, not not the toys. So like I, I still bought them both, but I did not, I was not engaged in the toys. For me, like I was, I'm selling grocery and especially beauty stuff and personal care. That was like my my niche and what I sold the most. And I was glad I did it because it really, really like I was on getting a lot of stuff and I was happy about that. And I can and now I can sell. Did you ever go back to working after that or do you do Amazon full time now? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I didn't go back to work on, on the store because they called us back and she, um, the manager told me like you can come back whenever you want and. I was like, you know what? I found a better thing, but I didn't say that out loud. Of course, I, I was like, uh, I'm not thinking coming back at this time. I have other things that's going on, and that was it. So, uh, I still uh, at the time I still like teaching the kids because I like 
interacting with them and they were like, you know, you can't leave us right now, you know. So they wanted, they they were insisted. So I kept doing that on the side beside um, Amazon. But most of, like most of my work was on Amazon. When you started in October, did you set aside a certain amount of money you were going to start with or did you just kind of put money in as needed? I was um, like spending a hundred to the max because like I was, you know, trying to figure out what or how that works. And I did not start FBA right away. I started FBM. That's like because... As I said, I was in the eBay mentality that, you know, like you buy the stuff, it's in, in here. If it doesn't sell, you can just return it. You don't know, like, I don't know if it's whether it's going to sell or not. So it was like more a security thing for me that I just FBM the stuff. And I didn't have um, a lot of capital to work with. Um, so I was like putting aside some of the money that I get from teaching and then use that money. Um, but then I decided like once the stimulus check came in and everything, I was like, you know what, let me, let me try that on a bigger scale. And now that I'm ungated in uh, more stuff, maybe I can buy. And, and it was around, you know, December, uh, November, December. So it was like the time um, where every, everybody's going crazy and I was seeing those numbers on the group I was like oh my god how they do do that like so I was like you know what just don't push yourself because you're just starting so if it's not like everybody else it's okay as long as it's working so yeah I used then like those stimulus checks that we received um on on that capital um and it started like growing. I, I, of course, made some mistakes around uh, December because like, you know, when everything goes in in Teji Maxx and Marshalls and everybody's buying the same stuff. So I bought some stuff that tanked eventually and I was not able to sell them. So, yeah, like, but the, the fun thing that you actually made mistakes, but you actually learn from them. So whatever I did that last December, I made sure not to do this December. So I think you need to make mistakes to actually learn how that works. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you've been through two Q4s or three Q4s now? Three, 2020 and then 2021 and 2022. But as I said, like I, um, after like you start, like when I got my first like really big payment, it was around May. Um, we were chasing and I actually got that from the bolo, um, the, uh, chlor Clorox thingies that you put in the pool, that the, the pool bleach thing so I found um I was going all over the alleys everywhere and I got some really good ones and and that was like when I made my first $1,200 a day and I was so excited like until then I never had uh, more than maybe 400 500 a day so I was really really excited and that was actually when I got my big biggest check at that time where I can, you know, withdraw money um, as a profit to me, you know, not reinvested in the in the work. Um, but at that time, I had to go overseas and put my Amazon on vacation. And it 
actually took about five months to go back. So again, I went back around um, October. So it was like before Q4. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start now. So I pretend that time was just a learning phase, and I'll go over again. So yeah, it was kind of like starting over, but with a little bit more capital to begin with. Nice. I forgot about that chlorine. That was such a fun year that summer. <laughs> that was a fun chase. Yeah, it was, and and it was like. I, I never drove that long to go to Ollie's everywhere around Georgia, <laughs> but it was fun chasing it actually. So do you, did you add FBA to your model now or are you still just doing FBM mostly? I did. I did actually, I, I added FBA like three or four months in. Because before I uh, went overseas, I sent as much as possible stuff to sell. Um, so I actually stopped selling literally on maybe at the beginning of December. That's when all my stuff were um, out of stock. So, But I was still selling until then, even though my, my account was on vacation. So at the end, probably at the beginning of September when, you know, like everything is out of stock. <laughs> so that's when, when money stopped come in, but it was, it's really cool that like, even though you're not there and like, I, I did a lot of work in May because I knew it's going to be at least two months, but I didn't anticipate that I'll be gone for five months. Um, so I started sending shipments in like over like, as much as possible it was a lot of work um but it, it actually paid eventually like you know i still had this income coming and i'm not doing anything so it's like that's that's cool yeah that's one of the cool things about it if you're listening and you didn't know you can put your store on vacation mode and that only affects your fbm stuff so your fba stuff will still sell that's how you can like sell while you go on vacation if you have to go away for a couple months makes it perfect so that's really cool i like that you just sent a bunch of stuff in what is one of the things that you learned or changed from one q4 to the another so um basically the first thing i changed is i formed my llc <laughs> so i started making my uh, business legit because like Oh, if if I had all these steps that I need to do before I even started, it will it would have been like overwhelming for me. So it was a good thing that I do it step by step. And as it's finally an LLC, um, the things I learned like from Q4 to Q4 that even if my stuff did not sell in the Q4, I can still hold it because everybody is getting the same stuff at the same time. But then these stuff are gone, and I'll be holding the stuff like, and I can sell it, sell it later. So I have a lot of stuff that's selling right now that I actually bought in November and December last year. Um, so I learned to hold my price and I learned to like, not to fall in like the first thing I see, oh yeah, it makes profit and I just grab a lot of it because when it's tank, I'm going to be stuck with these, especially if it's something um, that is just uh for that period of time that's a christmas related stuff because like then the only time it's gonna sell is next year so it's no point for holding these stuff for next year you know so not to go too deep in stuff that um in my tank real fast that's that's my biggest thing 
Yeah, I had that mistake too. I bought like, I think it was Christmas candy or something. It might have even been a different holiday. But I was like, oh, well, it'll sell afterwards. And no, like it sometimes it does, but it's months afterwards. Like you'll be selling Christmas stuff in June. And like, but it's a long time. If you're going to FBA it, FBM it, then it's good. But if you're going to FBA it, that can start to go. <laughs> it's funny because one time I had these Christmas, um, um, the house, the gingerbread houses. I had, like I sent some FBA and some customer, I think, returned it. And it was way past Christmas. And it actually sold like next year in August. Like <laughs> I didn't request it back and it sold in August for next year. I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. There's nothing quite like that sound of a new order coming through on your Amazon account. But do you know how much you're actually making on those orders? Your Selling Podcast is excited to partner with Sellerboard. Sellerboard is an accurate profit analytics for Amazon sellers as well as eBay. With just a quick login to the app or your dashboard on a desktop, you can see what your true numbers are for all of your Amazon orders by the day, week, or month. I love to use it to forecast out how I'm going to do that month and use it for my planning. Sellerboard doesn't just tell you your profit, though. They actually do so much more. So if you're creating a private label listing or you're making your own bundles, you can use Sellerboard to get reviews for your product pages. Sellerboard is a robust profit analytics tool, and I use it every day in my Amazon business. You can try Sellerboard yourself, connect it to your Amazon or eBay accounts, and see how it works for you. Get two months free by going to yoursellingguide.com slash sellerboardprofit. Again, that's yoursellingguide.com slash sellerboardprofit. Try Sellerboard today and get the true profit picture of how your business is doing. Are you now at the point, are you consistently pulling out profits or are you just reinvesting um, any money? Yeah, I I do actually. I do pull profit. It's... um. It's not the same, like the profit is not consistent because it depends on how much I make each month. Um, I try not to pull like profits like every day or I just leave it where whenever Amazon actually deposit it, which is every two weeks. Um, so it depends on how I did in that month. I actually get like, uh, like I calculate how much I can uh, take profit out and then reinvest the, the rest. Um, let's say like for the month of March and like it was mid-March to mid-April where I, I wasn't able to go source, um, except for one day and I was, it was just try out. It was, um, during Ramadan and during Ramadan month, it's a holy month, um, for people who don't know. Uh, I was fasting, so it was, it is so hard to go drive long hours while you can't drink. I mean, I forget to eat most of the time, even if not fasting, but I need water in, in, if you're driving three, four hours. So I was, I wasn't able to do it. So I tried to source more online stuff than going out, but it did affect like my sales. It were like slower than the past month or the next month. So that, that will actually, uh, for sure, like, um, affect how, 
how much I pull or how much I leave. So basically I invested all that month, all the profit for that month for next month because um, it was slower. Are you, did you add more OA to your mix or you do mostly retail arbitrage? I did actually, I did. Um, um, I do about like 70, 30 so, or 35 online because um, I, I like, I, I go randomly. It's not like I'm in, in a subscribed uh, group or something that gives you leads. I never did that. Um, but sometimes like I go on, I like to go to like websites, makeup websites, sometimes just shopping to myself and I see, oh, they have sale here. So I just go check and I, sometimes I find stuff, sometimes I don't, but uh, I do like check it consistently. So yeah, I do find a, a lot of stuff sometimes. I mean, if you find one good thing that you can replenish for a while, that that's that's good. Yeah, it sounds like you're kind of like me. I love the beauty category. Is that what you? I do, I do. That's like that's my niche. I sometimes like spend um, an hour in that area if I'm in TJ Maxx and Marshall, and then scavenger the whole the whole store within like maybe a half an hour. Especially if I like I squash mellows, like they they like I have to search it by name because. Like if you scan the tag and I get frustrated a lot and it's like, you know what? This is a big shelf. Um, um, I can't. I just do like this, the things that grabbed my attention the most and then I just skip. Yeah, I'm the same. I love the that those whatever three aisles or whatever that are that beauty in TJ Maxx. And then the rest of the store, I kind of like zoom through. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's sometimes like you're missing profit like yesterday for example not yesterday the day before i was sourcing and i came across um it was put in by mistake in the beauty shelf it was um essential oil um that you put in the aroma like uh the aromatic thingy the machines that you know the purifier yeah the, the essential oil that you put in the purifier and it was uh, there by mistake for sure. Like it's that does not belong there. But I scanned it anyway, and I was like, "Whoa, it's four ninety nine, and it sells for forty dollars." So I just grabbed it, and I I just an FPM it, and I just sold it yesterday. I was like, "Interesting." So I don't go to that area a lot, but now I I kind of go look. I should I, I know I should go look because if you find stuff like that, that's awesome. That's interesting. I also skip over that area. I didn't, I guess you can FBM them for whatever reason. I thought we couldn't sell them. So I've always just skipped those oils and stuff. Uh, this is the first time like me selling anything like that. And if it wasn't put in randomly on the beauty shelf, I would never take a second look on it. And it's funny because I know there's a lot of stuff like that. Sometimes like one of my chases um, last year was a candy that I I was gonna pass through like I just passed through um I was at Ollie's and then I was like this this I mean I'm not finding anything right now and and let me just scan randomly and I scan it and it was like it it was a box for 99 cents and um it like each 12 box there was a listing for 12 box where you, it was selling for $74 because obviously this candy was discontinued. So, and I was like, oh my God, it's 99 cents. That means if I get 12 bucks, that's $12 and, and it's selling for 40, like $74. So I was 
So I grabbed everything they have and I went to every Ollie's I can, I like, I can go. I end up driving four hours away from where I live to go all the other end of Georgia looking in Ollie's. And it's like, my sister, what are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I have a car full of candies. Can you believe that? She's like, that's crazy. Oh, those are the best ones. Do you remember when the, was it Fell Snapsa, whatever, that bar of soap for laundry? That was. Yeah. Yeah. So I was chasing those down and then um, my roommate, we share a car and he's like, what is that smell in the truck? And I'm like, money. It's that bar soap. It's all the money. I love a good chase. Yeah, I do. Uh, and one of my favorite chases was like a random stuff. Um, I like I was talking to my sister-in-law on the phone and she was like, you know what? I've been going to Walmart a lot looking for the Jif peanut butter. And at that time, it was um, July. I think they recalled them for some reason. And I didn't realize there was a shortage. I was like, really? And then I checked and I checked Walmart's out of stock and I checked the, and, uh, and then I checked uh, Amazon and there's one listing for two. It's the bag that you buy from uh, Sam's. It comes like a twin bag. And it was selling for, I think, $44, $45. And it's, it's $10.99 or $11.99 at the store. So I went to Sam's to check and I was like, they have a big ballot. It was like, oh my God. I loaded my cart twice that day and I ended up selling like maybe 40 at the day. And I was like, oh my God, I need a lot of time to ship that because I was FBM them. I didn't want to take the time to send them FBA and then it tanks because I know if I can find it now at Sam's, people are going to start finding it at Sam's too and not paying that much. For the duration of July, I still, I've sold so much Jif peanut butter. That was like my main source of income that that year. So I was it was my favorite chase, to be honest. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but once people figured it out, you know, it tanked. But yeah, it's always such a bummer. It's like they don't understand that we all share the buy box. We can all sell it for 44, 45, whatever you were selling it like. It's just weird. Yeah. I'm, I mean, some tankers, like, um, I have a few, like, you start recognizing sellers because they're on your listings a lot and slashing the price a lot. So you start recognizing their names. And some of them really, really piss me off because, like, we can still sell it for for the price we initially put. You don't have to cut the price $8 at the time to sell it like it's not one dollar two dollars they cut it for eight dollars six dollars and and sometimes their 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 whole profit is just two or three dollars like why are you doing this like why you cut it and everybody come after them start just going lower so these are one of the stuff like because those the stuff i get online and i know where i got it it's probably where they got it too because they pop up at the same time you can tell so I hold mine for next month because I know they're going to like tank the price. So I hold mine to the next month because by then they're, they're out of, um, they're out of stock. And the, the website that I use, like, they kind of like put random stuff every month. So it's not the same stuff. So most of the time they cannot replenish it for next time. It takes like two or three months for them to get the same item and put it back. So, yeah, I do hold my stuff sometimes a month or two. 
Yeah, sometimes you have to. I have a lot of stuff from Ollie's that I'm going to end up waiting out all these other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ollie's tanks so fast. I hate it when that happens. What are some of the struggles that you've had, like, along the way? Have you made any, like, huge mistakes or? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. So when I first come back, um, as I said, I can't, like, I I had to put it on hold for five months. So when I came back, I was like, uh, Walmart always overwhelms me, overwhelms me because like, I don't know where to start scanning or what is what is what I, I feel like I do better in Teji Max and Marshalls because that's where I, you know, source the most. So I can, I kind of know what I can walk randomly um, on the shelf and see that there's a stuff that sells and stuff that doesn't. Um, so we, I was like, you know what, I have time and I'm not doing nothing. So let's go to Walmart and just start scanning. And, uh, I wasn't gate, I was gated in, um, toothpaste, but like, I guess because I was selling for five, like over a year by then, when I came back, I found out that I can sell some brands that I wasn't able to sell before. So I came across a Sonsodyne toothpaste and they were selling uh, a pack of four for $64. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, how is nobody seeing that? Like, I mean, if I found out, how is nobody's finding that? So I bought a lot and I actually put them FBM and they were selling so quick because the rank was like in the 55,000 or something like that. So they were selling really fast. And by the time I realized that I'm selling the wrong one because somebody sent me a message like he's they were so mad like how dare you sell us like sell us this and it's not novamine there's obviously uh novamine in the ingredients that it's not made in the USA Sunsudan does do it in the UK in in Canada but not included in Sonsodyne in the U.S. And I have no idea. I mean, if you scan, you don't just go to the ingredients and read, like, if if every ingredient matches. in. So the packages look exactly the same. So I end up apologizing for so many customers because at that point, I already sold, like, maybe 20 pack of these. And, and I end up, like, um, asking them just to keep, uh, to keep whatever they received and I refund them because I didn't want to get any more because I already had two negative reviews and I did not know it's a different one. So that was that was a huge mistake that cost me a lot. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I was like, wait to start. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite place you're sourcing right now? If it's like a local one-off, you don't have to give it away, but. <laughs> no, actually, I, I wasn't able to find um, any place that's local, local here that actually, you know, make the profits. So basically, um, I mainly source the Teji Max and Marshalls. Um, even Ross, sometimes I just don't bother going because I rarely find stuff and it's random and uh, most of the time you cannot replenish it. So I do source like basically mainly Teji Max and Marshalls right now. Nice. 
If you had to pick just one thing, what would be the best part of either selling on Amazon or owning your own business? That I do it at my own time. I am not a morning person, so if if I had to go to job at eight o'clock, I, I I I would hate my life because I am so not a morning person. And when I go source, I know uh, I know you go like around six o'clock. I was like, oh my god, I, I would I could never. So my sourcing trip usually starts maybe at 12. Like that's when I'm out of door. And I like that I do it at my own time. I prep my shipment at, a, at my own pace and uh, I don't have to answer to nobody. And like if I get the stuff and they're sitting there until I have time to do them, that's okay. And uh, like whenever I have uh, siblings who live in Chicago that I visit very often. So whenever I want to jump the plane and go like for a week or two, I don't have all I do. I just put my account on vacation and it sells whatever is in there. And I just come back where I left off. So it's 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 really awesome that way. Like. That that's flexibility is my my really very favorite thing about it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's what I love about it too. And especially when you have family that you go to visit often, like that makes it all the better. You just send in an FBA shipment and off you go. Do you have anyone that helps you? Or are you doing it all on your own? I actually do it by my own. Um because uh, my husband works and it's only I mean, if you can count my cat. She jump in the boxes and make me chase the bubble wraps a lot, but she helps as be- the best she can. But other than that, no, I just do it by myself. <laughs> do your cats chew on plastic? My cats love plastic. Oh yeah, and she jump in in the boxes, and I sometimes I, I don't see her, and I'm just like oh trying to open the box, and she's like there she is. Oh my god, how she puts herself in there, like the weirdest spaces. It's it's funny, but sometimes she just jumped at me. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I have to cover up everything that's in a plastic bag with, like, a blanket so that they don't – they just chew on it. It's the weirdest thing. And, and whenever I'm using my laptop to do the shipments, um, that's the other thing that I – like, everybody's talking about inventory lab. And also, I was like, well, I use Seller Central all the time so far. Yeah. <laughs> so – Whenever I'm trying to do my shipment, she just she just sits on the laptop. She just like on the keyboard. Like I'll be trying to shoot her left and right to so I can do whatever I want. I used Seller Central also for I don't know four or five years. I can't remember how long. I've been using Inventory Lab only a year or two now. But I mean, it it works if you know how to do it. You don't have to pay that extra software. Are there any softwares that you do use and like? Actually, I use Keepa. That's that's the the only thing I use uh, in regards to software. I tried Sellerboard for um, the free trail, but then I was like, it's I don't know if I didn't go into it. Maybe I, I needed to go into it more to understand what it does, but I wasn't at that mindset at the time. So when it ended, I did not actually subscribe to to the paid uh, membership. So basically, Skipa is what I'm working with. I was, um, I'm still trying to like, I want to, if whether if I want to do the pricer thing, because like I see everybody's raving about it, but I'm just so scared to do it because I'm the person that hold their prices until like there's no chance that you can hold it no more. So you have to drop it. 
is just when I drop my prices. So for me to rely on a pricer that it do its own thing at its own time without actually taking my permission is not is not something I'm just uh, so I'm still hesitant about it. But yeah, sometimes I think maybe I should do it, maybe not. I'm still on the edge. I have been testing one. I think I'm in my second month. I am not sold on it, unfortunately. I paid for the whole year. Um, but it's not without its own growing pains. So I can't say that I totally recommend them yet. <laughs> well, I I heard some people just saying good stuff about them. And recently when Becky mentioned one of the calls that she she actually um does not regret that she she's buying she she's using it so i was like a little bit more encouraged you know maybe i should try it but until now i i haven't i'm still haven't like because when i like the subscriptions itself like it adds up like if you have more subs like inventory lab and uh keepa and like you know it, it adds up and it's eats from your profit eventually so I'm trying to be a little bit cautious, like if I really, really need it or, or can I do without it? Maybe at some point I will, but so far I feel like I can manage it by myself. So so if you had to give one piece of advice to someone who's interested in selling on Amazon, what would it be? It would be that it's a business and you need to treat it as a business. I did not. At first I was like, it's a side hustle, it might might work, and might not. But if you treat it as a business, then it's going to work for you as a business and it start growing. Um, you need to, if you ever sold on eBay or, or whatever, like you need to realize that eBay customers are not Amazon customers. eBay customers looks for the cheapest, but Amazon looks for convenient. So like you need to get in a mentality that Amazon's going to put hoops and jumps in, in front of you and you just keep moving and you find your your next thing you, if if you give up at every like hoop they put in front of you or you, you want you it won't work like it's a business and you have to treat it as a business business sometimes you you get some losses here and there but as long as your profit is is or what you're gaining is more than that then you just keep going yep that's a great piece of advice i think there's a mental switch too when you decide to do it as a business versus like yeah it, yeah there is actually it, it, i guess it's in a way makes it more legit in your in your mind that you actually treat it more seriously um i mean i don't regret that i stepped into it like one step at a time but i know that i realized how when when it's when you treat it as an actual business it start comes out with the actual benefit as or actual profit as a business should. Uh, what does your family think? Like, was your husband on board or did it take a while? Or He is on board. It's the only thing is that during Q4, when everything goes crazy and there's boxes everywhere and like, you know what? Like, I'm thankful. Like, he's, he says that sarcastically. Like, I'm thankful that we have a space on the bed that you, that doesn't have boxes in it or in it. It's like, you know, it's just a couple months and it will go. It'll pass. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we live in an apartment that is two room apartment and there's one whole apartment. It's just for Amazon stuff. Like it's nothing but Amazon stuff in it. So like that's not your room. Your room's the, right there. So 
But yeah, other than that, like he 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 helps sometimes, like um, dropping off boxes and you know to the bus office or whatever. Sometimes shipment those like heavy um, heavy boxes. That I was like, you know what? I never um, I never subscribe. Like I never tried UBS. <laughs> I never tried UBS coming to pick um, my boxes. Maybe I should, but all the time I, it's me loading and uh, unloading the boxes. So. Sometimes they're heavy too, so I ask him to. Are you upstairs? Uh, no, it's it's not like I'm I'm right on the street, but like I I guess I never tried to ask them to come to pick them up. I don't know how that works, and I never tried it, but I guess I need to. I highly recommend it. I was the same. I was like, well, whatever. I just load them up and go. Um, but I tried it. It's if you go on Pirate Ship, you just make a free account. And you can select a UPS pickup. And actually, the post office will pick up too, but um, not where I am, but other people, they'll pick up for free. And then it's like, I think it's $4 uh, or $4.50 for them to come pick up, which nor it's pretty good. I mean, unless it's not that far away. For me, I'm 30. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, if it's just $4, especially in the crazy of December where you have so much boxes. I was selling gingerbread houses and you put each in, in its own box. And I had sometimes 20 boxes to go to the U to the UBS store with. It was like, you load, you load them in the car once you buy them. And then you load them back to the car once you ship them. And it's, it's a lot of physical work. So yeah, I think it's a good idea to use them like during Q4. But when I think about it, like what if they lost it? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I can't just like, you know, yeah, that's true. I won't, whenever I drop or physically take stuff to the UPS store, if it's a smaller package, I make them scan it because I'm just scared. Everything's crazy in there that they're going to lose it. But as far as boxes, I just drop and run. <laughs> yeah, I I do drop too, but um, just around like maybe two weeks ago, I dropped the box. It was for my husband. He sells sometimes on eBay. It was supposed to go FedEx, and I accidentally dropped it with my boxes in the UBS. And it's been two weeks, and we still cannot find that box. Oh, no. So, yeah, it's it's like, that's, he's like, I told you, scan them. Just don't drop them and go. Like, if you waited to scan them, you wouldn't put it in the UBS. I was like, I know, I'm sorry. I just, it's easy to drop them and go. Oh uh, yeah, that's so. That's how it usually is. Like, if I ever have something happen like that where they lose a box, then from then on, I'll probably be having them scan it. Like, <laughs> oh, what a bummer! I know it's just like sometimes there's a big, you know, lineup, and it's just you don't want to wait. You just drop them, and it's like I don't need the receipt. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's great to talk to you more. I'm always happy to thank you too. Um, so you can definitely check out Kifa in the Bola group if you want to say hi to her there. I'm sure if you're listening, you already know because we talk every month in there and we actually have a call tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for this chance. I was really happy to be part of that. And um, thank you for everything that you're doing. And uh, I just want to say um, you have no idea what, what's going on in somebody's life, but like you change a lot of life. Like this, this helped a lot of people I know to change their life and, and get everything, you know, in order and ask in this community, ask other experienced sellers about everything. Cause we get like, you learn along the way and 
you need somebody, you know, to ask because we learn a lot from each other. And I, re oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. So in the Bolo group, there's the original retail arbitrage Bolo group that is available to join any time of the year. Once you've been in that group for three months, sharing bolos every month, then we have the Step Up Bolo group, also known as the RA100. And that is the group that you can find Kifa, as well as a lot of other sellers who are in there. And it's just a great community. We have that once a month live hangouts where we all chat and just catch up on everything from our lives to selling on Amazon. So you can find out more about the Bolo group at yoursellingguide.com slash Bolo group. And... If you could do me a huge favor, wherever you are listening or watching this podcast, could you just leave me a thumbs up, a review, give me a like, follow, whatever it is on that platform. I thank you guys so much for that. Until next week, happy sourcing.